Tonight, if you've got your Bibles, if you would, turn over to Luke chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 16 through 24. How many knows that there God has a desire to do a lot more in our lives than we most of the time that we ever take advantage of? And tonight we're going to look at a message that I've titled Excuses, Excuses That Miss God's Best. Excuses That Miss God's Best. Luke chapter 14, if you've got it, if you'd stand for the reading of the word, it says in verse 16, and this is Jesus giving them a parable, and it says, Then said he, being Jesus, unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servants at supper to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they with all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excuse. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen. I must go, or I go, and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excuse. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring to hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Let's pray tonight as we look at excuses that miss God's best. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that, Lord, that you would open our eyes, that, God, you would stir us. God, we already feel your Holy Spirit. We feel your presence. We feel you moving. God, I pray that you continue that work. And that, God, you stir us in such a way that, God, we would be transformed. And, God, that we, God, that anything that's causing us not to have all you have for us, God, it'd be moved out of the way, moved to the side. And God, there would be such a hunger that would fill this place that your Holy Spirit would inhabit that place, God, of people hungry for you. You speak and deal and move. And God, you know every need. And God, you know what you want to accomplish. Do it, Lord. Holy Spirit, you have your way and you anoint. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Excuses that miss God's best. Before I ever preach to you, I've already preached it to me. I've already spent enough time. I, I had to spend time repenting before God and say, Lord, don't, I can't preach this unless you do it in my heart first. I can't preach this unless you do what you want to do because I don't want to stand before you and try to tell you this is what the Lord's telling you to do. It starts with him telling me what he wants me to do. And then I can share it with you. I, I just want you to know I, I'm, I'm humbled even as sometimes I see this. Now, when you look at this, this text, we're going to take a little slight twist on, you know, we're, we're looking at, if you look at the context of where this is at, Jesus has been in a Pharisee's house. He's been invited to a supper. And when he gets there, he's watching the 
pride and the conceit of all these religious leaders. His, this leader that's invited him is a well-known leader, and he's invited his friends, he's invited dignitaries, he's invited the Lord, and they're probably just trying to get him set up in the process. But he's invited all the people that he thought would benefit him by them being in his house. And he wants them to invite him back to their house. So it's, he's got some improper reasons. And so he's watching people fighting for the good seats. If you look at the chapter before. And so people are trying to look out for themselves. And of course, God, the Lord's watching. You know, he's watching the little widow, what she puts in. He's watching people's motive. He sees more than what you, he knows our hearts, doesn't he? So he's watching people's motives and he's trying and he sees them and then he realizes that, you know, not only are they looking out for themselves, but even the one that put the dinner on in. He didn't, there's nobody in there that's poor. There's nobody in there that's lame. There's nobody in there that can't benefit him. And so he, he's correcting them. He's telling them, you know, hey, listen, don't go in there and put yourself in the, the best seat. Go and put yourself in the lowest seat. And then he tells them, let, let the host exalt you. Because how embarrassing is it if you go sit right next to the host and then the host is reserved that from somebody who thinks it's special. And he says, hey, could you move to that seat over there? Because this was reserved for my close friend. And you're embarrassed in front of everybody. He says, no, sit in that seat and then have him come over and say, well, you, what are you doing, friend? I've saved the best seat for you. And so in front of everybody else, he exalts you and lifts you up. And he's, and he's given, and that's, that's a principle of the things of God. God humbles those that exalt themselves and God lifts up those who humble themselves. So he's giving them a, he's giving them a lesson. And then he tells the host, don't invite people that's just going to repay you. Don't bring people in just so they can do something for you. Bring in the poor. Bring in those that are hurting and broken. Bring in those people who can never repay you. You'll receive your reward when you get on the other side. And so one of the men's, if you look at the verse before this, he says, and he's, he's trying to be spiritual to the Lord. He says, oh, won't it be wonderful where all we break bread in that eternal city. And that, when we're all in that great supper, and I'm paraphrasing, won't it be great when we're breaking bread? And the Lord, as he has a way of doing he looks at the man, and of course it doesn't say this like he did the other young man that he says, and he looked at him and he loved him and he told him the truth. But he seen what he said and he heard what he said, and this man had full intentions. He thinks he's going to make it. He's going to be accepted. He's a Jew, of course. He's a Pharisee. He's someone who's been putting his time in with God, and so he's no doubt going to make it, right? And so he's sitting there thinking about, boy, wouldn't it be great when we get over there? And the Lord's going to reveal the truths of his heart. Now, this scripture is, is mainly talking about, there's an opportunity the Lord come to his own people. And the very thing they were looking for is right in front of them. And they reject him. You ain't the Messiah. You ain't nothing. We know who you are. You're not who we're looking for. We got something else in our mind. You don't fit what we're looking for. And they rejected the very Son of God. And so the opportunity, the, the Lord wanted, and in one verse we see that He says, if I wanted to pull you in. I wanted, to, I wanted to love on you. I wanted to do great things in your life. And you reject me. You reject me. Tears flowing. He wasn't angry. He was broken. And so they rejected him. And so then we see what does he sell? What is the commission? Go into the highways and the byways and the hedges and compel them to come in, right? Yeah. So we're going to see the great commission here. The Lord, the Jews rejected him, but he goes to the Gentiles. But let me, let me take a different look at this tonight. There is also an opportunity tonight in the Christian, uh, Christian's life. 
The Lord wants to have a relationship that is so intense, that is so, He offers us so much more many times, including me, than we ever experience. And what gets in the way? Why do we not have all the things that He has for us? Because He wants to do it. He's prepared it. It's available to you and me. Why do we not have everything that God wants to do in our life? One word, excuses. Excuses. So we're going to look at some of the excuses that we look at and we say, this is crazy. What are you doing? This is not even a good excuse. And we're going to see some of these and they're not really good excuses at all. But we see that there was a great feast. We see, first of all, first of all, we're going to look at the invitation. We're going to look at, even in your life tonight, there is an invitation into the depths of the presence of God that's made available to you and I. It's available tonight. We see that verse 16 and 17 says, Then he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper. It was an awesome. I mean, this would have been the one that would have been, I mean, it would have been something that would have hit the headlines of the biggest newspaper to say, Boy, this was the biggest event of the day. That this supper was, this great feast was made for all to come. And so we see then it says, and he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come. So we're looking at an invitation. So who is invited? Who's invited to this? Because it says it was a great supper. There was a lot of people. In fact, we can see that even the invitation that we're given to, for salvation, we know our number one verse, the, our favorite verse, John 3, 16, the core of all Scripture. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever will, whosoever, should not perish but have everlasting life. But He made an invitation to so many people. It was a huge invitation. So why are you invited to this party, this banquet, this dinner? Because the Lord wants to have a deep, passionate relationship with you. Have you ever had something to where you have your closest friends? Maybe your family or something and you look forward to it. You've, you've made a plan and you've went to... Sam's and Walmart or CMP Meats or wherever, and you've got the best meat. And you're, you're excited thinking about it. Sometimes, maybe even around the holidays, you can think of this. Your family's coming over. Your family's coming over. So spare no expense. I, I'm going to get the best chicken to make my, uh, my, my special chicken, uh, uh, coconut chicken. Okay. That's, that's one of my things that mom makes. I'll just use that. She, on Christmas she's, and, and Thanksgiving, there's, there's two things I look forward to is her coconut chicken and her, her ham. Her, uh, what kind of ham? Spiral cut, honey? Yeah, honey. Ham. Ooh, and it's got pineapple. It's got, I'm, I'm going to try to make you I haven't had dinner yet, so I, I'm hungry too. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's got all the stuff. It is just dripping with stuff. And it's just, I want some of those pineapples when I get some too. I, I like the cherries too. I want the whole deal, the little nuts, everything. All that stuff. It's, I mean, it's been a lot of work put into that. And, and, and I guarantee you why. why. And, of course, Dad, uh, he, when he's been able, and he's going, this year he's, he's going to be front and center, I can tell you. Uh, he's helping doing, the, helping doing the preparation, getting stuff out. But there is this, there is this as the cooking's going on, I can see it because I've seen it at my house. As the cooking's going on, there is this smile on the face. There is this excitement. There's anticipation. Why? Because they're coming over. 
I want to make it the best it can be because they're going to be here and we're going to have a good time and we're going to have fellowship and we're just, we're just going to have a great time and we're going to talk about things and we're going to get closer together and I'm going to get to see the grandkids and, and I'm going to get to see my family that I haven't seen in a few days or whatever. And so you can't wait. You long for this event happening. That's what's going on here. The Lord has given us the invitation, and it's an amazing thing. And He wants to pour out His blessings. He wants to bless your life. He wants to just, just overflow you. He wants, you to, he wants to see you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to touch you. He wants to bless you, your life, and do so many things. The invitation's made. The invitation's is sent out. Now, here today, uh, even in this, this day, there would have been an RSVP. There would have been this uh, process to send back and to say, we're coming. We're coming. And so there would have been, because you need to know how much food to prepare. You need to kind of know how much to prepare. And so we see that uh, there was an invitation. When I can think of, I was thinking as I was preparing this, I was thinking about in my younger days, I can't do this anymore for some reason, but I remember some friends that I would have come over, Christian friends, and that would come over, and they had smaller kids, maybe even family, extended family. They would have their kids or cousins or something like that would come over. And I remember on a Friday night they'd come over and I remember looking around and it'd be three in the morning and they were still there. And we didn't even realize it. The kids were still playing and nobody was, the kids was not, I'm sure they was like, I can't believe we're still here. And we're having a big time. But we didn't realize it. Why? Because I just, you love that fellowship. You love being around people. You've been so occupied. You haven't seen, so you, that's the way the Lord, He wants us to tarry in His presence. Sometimes we cheat ourselves because we come out too quick. We, we want a, just a little dose of the things of God and we get in the altar and we say our two minutes worth and we get up and the Lord said, but if you would just tarry it a little longer. I had so much more. I had so much more I wanted to do. You know, Mary and Martha, there was a little conflict went on with them, but, but Mary had a desire to be in the presence of the Lord. She, she had a desire. She didn't care that it made her sister mad. She wanted to hear what he said. She loved him with all of her heart. And in fact, where did her sister was in there cooking and cleaning. And, and, and there's a bunch of people she's trying to care. And she can't find her sister. And where does she find her? Not standing at the door, just listening. She has all the way made herself right in front. Probably not even protocol for that day for this to have happened. Because they were, you know, this wouldn't have been proper. But she made herself all the way in front of all the men. And she is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Right at his feet. She didn't want to miss one syllable. If he spit, she wanted to hit her. Lord, I want to hear it. I want it all. Whatever you got. I want to hear everything. I want to be the first one to receive what you had. And then Martha come out. What does it say in, in Luke 10, 40? It says, but Martha was cumbered. She was, she was overwhelmed with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? I'm in here killing myself in the kitchen. She's not even Bid her, tell her, therefore, to come and help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, calm down. Calm down, Martha. Calm down. Thou art careful. You get troubled and worked up about a lot of things, Martha. And it's good. There's a place for all that. And this, I'm, this meal's going to be great. And I appreciate that. I'm paraphrasing. But 42 says, you got to get this. But one thing is needful. Here's the most important thing. More important than that meal. More important than anything else. Here it is. And Mary, it's being in my presence, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. I will not tell her. to. Get, she can sit right where she's at because she was the smartest one in this whole room. 
She wanted, she wanted front and center. She wanted to be in my presence. I will never push you out when you're in my presence. I will never be too busy when you're in my presence. I am going to give you all you can stand when you're in my... I, I, I was thinking it would be great to be in his presence of God. And, so, and God just moving so much. And God just flowing so much that we end up saying, Lord, if you don't let me up, you're going to kill me. I, I'm just, you're blessing me so much. You're going to kill me if I don't get out of here. That's what he wants. That's what he wants us to do. So we first we're looking at the invitation and then we're going to look at the intentions. They had good intentions. We all have good intentions. We want, hey, if I were to take a survey tonight, every single person in here, I think you would, I hope you would, would say, uh, uh, I want to be in his presence. I want to fellowship. I want, him, I want all of God there is. Amen. That's me. That's me. That's what we, we have good intentions. We see that they all planned on coming. They RSVP'd and said, we're planning on coming. Yeah, that's the big event of the year. We're going to be there. But something happened. Every single one of them, they changed their priorities. Something happened to change their priorities. Remember when you first got saved? Do you remember how fresh it was? You remember how you just, man, this Bible, man, I just, I want to read it all the time. I just... Boy, when I pray, oh, let's pray about everything. Let's pray about everything. Honey, come here. Let's pray about everything. The kid's got a toothache. Let's pray about it. Uh, the, neighbor, the neighbor's dog is sick. Hey, listen, by the way, on the website, and, and you know, listen, people, I started to make, you know, saying something about an animal, but we got, uh, seriously, we got a prayer request. Now, I didn't put it, but someone requested prayer on our website because they're, and it's, they were legit. They're concerned about the pets and the, in the uh, Humane Society, and there's a, they had a list of all the ones that was getting ready to be euthanized. Please pray for this seven-year-old kitten or cat. And, and, and listen, people have me. But listen, you think, well, what are you doing praying? One of the greatest miracles I've ever seen was my son praying over our cat. He opened my eyes. It changed my life because I seen that God even cared about things. The Lord knows what the needs are, are the, the things of our heart is. So they, there was an intention to come, but something changed the priorities. There's a newness when we get saved. And if we don't watch, if we don't stay in that altar, if we don't keep hungering for more, if we come, listen, God doesn't get tired of you. God never gets tired of you. We get to the place to where sometimes we just, it's just the old Monday and We've been down this road, and I know how the service is going to go, and we're just going to put our, we're going to punch our spiritual time clock. But God says, no, I, I want more if you want more of me. So we see that there is an invitation. We see that there is good intentions. But the part that changed things is there was unexpected interruptions. There is excuses that gets in the way. We see tonight in this, there, is, there could be plenty more. But there was three excuses, and because it, it says they were basically they were all too busy. Verse eighteen starts out and says, "And they, with all, uh, they all with one consent began to make excuses." Catch that? Didn't say they had excuses. They all began to make excuses. What happened? Their heart had changed. What happened? They weren't hungry about it. They weren't as excited as they were when they RSVP'd. Something stole the zeal from their heart. And so they made excuses. You ever seen it? Do you ever know anybody like that? You can't get them to do anything. They've always got an excuse. 
I mean, you want them to go somewhere. I can't. I'm too busy. You want them to come over to your house. I can't. I've got this going on. You want them to just, you want them to come to church. I can't. That's the only time I can do this or I can do my laundry on the weekend or, or that's when the grandkids come over. Or, there's always an excuse that we can find if we want one. If we want one, we can always find an excuse. The Matthew twenty two fourteen tells us that for many are called, but few are chosen. What's it saying? The invitation goes out to many. The, the opportunity is there for many. But only a select few says, I will take it up on it. I, I want to be there no matter what the cost. You are the number one thing. I will be there or else. That's what that verse is saying. So none of these excuses we're going to look at, by the way, are acceptable. And the master knew it. Uh, we're going to see uh, first in verse 18 we're going to see the first excuse was they were too busy because of we can be too busy because of things resources things can keep us to be too busy for God I remember dad got a boat and it, and, he, and, it, and it become kind of big to him I remember that I, I, I'll, this will be crazy I, I think I've told this and you, this will show my youth this will show a few years, several years ago when I was young. I remember, there's all kinds of things that's got too big for me. I remember something as stupid as paintball got me. Something stupid. Something stupid. There's been something that, that consumed me. Uh, if you don't watch out, there will be things, that new uh, motorcycle, that new car, that new RV, that new whatever it is, that new thing that you've got can get bigger than God. Things can get you instead of you getting things. They can control you. And so we see that there was reason, there were his things got him. It says in verse 18, the second half of that verse, and it says, The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray that you have me excuse. Now, let me ask you this. Maybe, I hope nobody in here, we're going to give you, some, we're going to give you a little counsel tonight. If you're going to buy a piece of land, would you not try to go look at it before you pay for it? I mean, hey, listen, I'm telling you, I, I mean, I, I would want to go, if you're going to go put down, because land is not cheap, right? And, and I'm telling you, it's not cheap. And so if you're going to pay for it, the least thing, first thing you're going to do is you're going to go get an ideal. Well, yeah, that's got a nice barn. Or could, if you're going to build a house, could, would my house fit there or whatever? Is it worth the amount of money I'm going to? There's no question this was an excuse because there's no doubt he's already looked at what he's paid. He's already paid for it. It's an excuse. And what he's saying is, is that things has got my attention more than the invitation that was sent to me. Things. There is a whole bunch of people today. Things is the reason they won't be in church tonight or Sunday and we haven't seen them. It's more than the coronavirus way before it even started. They weren't in the house of God. Why? Things has gotten their heart. And when you look at the end of their life and you look as, as Solomon did and he says, I, vanity, everything is vanity. Why? I, all these things and relationships and all this stuff stole away the opportunity that I had with God. And he looked at the end of his life and said, vanity, I've wasted it. I've wasted it. It never met. The things come to an end. Things rust. Things will get you killed. Things will get you killed. Second reason that there was an excuse 
is that they were too busy because of not resources, but their responsibilities. We can get too busy for God. It says in that verse in 19, it says, and another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I must go prove them. I pray thee have me excused. Now, you've got to think about all these circumstances. They, the RSVP, they've already sent in a long time ago when they accepted the invitation. They knew the date. They knew what was going on. And another thing, do you, if you go to buy a car, do you try it out? you want to drive it down the road a little bit? I had a friend that was young, and he was scared about buying a car, and he wore me out this last year because he kept wanting to go. He had a certain kind of car he wanted, and, his, and he's... he's I'll not give too many details. But, or you all would probably know who I'm talking about. So he, he, he didn't have anybody to go to. And so he, I was his, can you help me to make sure I don't get ripped off? Could you, and also I'm his wheels to get him to the car. So I, and he didn't even live in London. So I had to go get it. And it was, he wore me out going and looking at cars. Because, but he, so he was, he had the money. He, he knew what he wanted, so there's the exact, he kept seeing all these different ones of that very car, but he needed to test drive them. He wanted to make sure its stereo system sounded just right. <laughs> he wanted to make sure it felt good as he was steering it. The seat felt good and adjusted, and, and the tires looked good, and the air conditioning was cold. He wanted to check it. Well, that's this guy's saying here, I, I bought five. By the way, that wasn't common. One pair would have been a lot. This was evidently somebody that had wealth that had five pair of oxen. And he didn't even know. And I've got to go work them. I've got to go use them to make sure they were. I've already bought them. It's too late. You already own them. This person let his job, his responsibility, steal the blessing of what had been offered to him. He made excuse. And each one, I pray thee, have me excused. Have me excused. I'll come some other time. Every one of these thought that they could make an excuse and there would be another day. He asked me this time. I must be important. He'll ask me again. I'll just go next time. How many times have we made that excuse for the things of God? I'll do it later. I'll get serious about God later. I remember as a teenager, I wanted to use that. I'll get serious about God later. Let me do what I want to do now. I'll get serious with God Later, I had friends who never got to do that. They went into eternity. Things happen. I, I was talking to my best friend the other day. We was talking about a friend that we had in college. And during a football game, him acting crazy, he fell off the top of the stadium and to his death. And he was a, just a teenager. Just never had another opportunity so we have good intentions, but there's no promise they'll ever have be an opportunity. So I'm not trying to freak everybody. I just want everybody to understand. Today is the day. Today is the day that we need to not make ex excuses. B.H. Clendenin had, a, I don't know if he quoted this and he was the originator. Probably wasn't, but he's the one that quoted it all the time. He always said, whatever will pull you out of the altar will pull you eventually out of God. Amen. 
Let me say that again. What in the world is keeping us from getting a hold of God the way that we should? Because he said, whatever you find in your life that will keep you from having a hunger, that will give you an excuse not to be in that altar hungry for God, that same exact thing eventually will pull you completely out of God. You'll find yourself, and that's where it starts. When we quit getting hungry for the altar, when we quit getting hungry to get a hold of God, when we quit getting hungry and we just make excuses, we find ourselves not there, but then we find ourselves moving farther back and farther back, and eventually we miss every once in a while, and before you know it, we find ourselves totally away from the things. I'm just saying, it's something that we've got to keep our eyes open. Here's the third excuse. So we've seen that resources was an excuse, responsibilities was an excuse, Sometimes relationships can be a problem. This one said it a little different. He didn't say, excuse me. He said, this guy must have been pretty whipped because here's what he said. I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down. Okay, that's wonderful. My, my wife t- uh, tells me a lot of stuff, and I say, okay, honey. What, you know, there's times that I, you, you, have to pick, you have to understand where you pick your battles, don't you? You kind of know. But when my wife wants something, hey, I take care of it. I want her happy. They always say, a happy wife is a happy life, and I believe it. I believe it. Now, this guy was over the top. It says, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. It's almost like she said, you can't go. You sit down. You ain't going. Or either his life was over. I don't know what he's saying here, but he's saying the relationship that I knew about. You don't get married overnight. These things took forever. This invitation he accepted all of a sudden. And, and he can't use his wife for an excuse because she would have been ex- invited as well. He used somebody else as an excuse not to do and not to be at this event. Yeah. There's people in our lives that if we don't watch, we let relationships, good or bad, get between us and the best that God has for us. Amen. There's times that, and I remember growing up with this, I remember there's times I watched... Um, and sometimes, you know, I, I admit, there's, you know, of course, they didn't, we didn't have all this way to watch this stuff. Uh, uh, Sunday night, particularly, uh, you could watch, you know, uh, the wonderful world of Disney. And I was like, if I could just, whatever I could, I wanted to see the wonderful world of Disney as a little kid. And I remember there'd be people sometimes come by mom and dad's house on Sunday afternoon. And, I, and they'd talk, and it was getting close. We had to go to choir practice and church. And, and I remember sometimes, it didn't happen a lot. But I remember that there would be times, or even on a Wednesday night, somebody may come over at that time that we should be getting ready. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to get to watch Wonderful World of Disney? And I was listening, and I was trying to act like I wasn't paying attention. But there would come a point where I would hear my parents say, hey, listen, we go to church tonight. Why don't you all just get ready and go with us? Why don't you just, I mean, this was an important conversation they were in. But let me ask you something. Is there any conversation you're in that's more important that they, you couldn't get them more help if they got in church with you? So they would give them an opportunity. And you know what happened every, I don't know, you all can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know of one time, huh? Not one time. They never, not one person said, you know what, you're right, I'm going to go with you. No, they, oh, no, we got to go. All of a sudden, their priorities changed. You know what was the end? The enemy was trying was putting before you temptation. What's the most important thing to you? Is it a relationship with a person or with God? Which one's the most important to you? You know what? There is people that if if the enemy knows it, there will be people that will pull on you. There will be people that will discourage you. There will be people that in your family or extended that the things they're going through 
can cause you to get so encapsulated in that problem and you can find, well, I need, that's my family. I got to be there for them. But we don't watch out. We'll find ourselves finding ourselves not coming to the house of God or getting in the altar with God or getting closer of God because there can be people that drag us down. You know what? There's some relationships in your life. I don't know. I mean, I've had these in the past. There's some relationships that if you let God show you, they're not the best relationship. I'm not talking about family. If they're your family, they're your family. But I'm saying if you've got relationships that's causing you to be tempted to do the wrong thing and to miss out on the best of God, and this God sometimes will reveal to you that's not the best. I can tell you one thing for sure. I had friends that on Friday nights would come over before I got saved. And they were thick as can be. I mean, we, every Friday night, this is the people hanging out at my house. Let me tell you something. I didn't even have to try. As soon as I got saved, those friends were gone. Amen. I didn't have to say, you can't come over. We're not going to do the same thing. As soon as they found out that my life had changed, excuses started happening. We don't want any part. Things start happening. You have to make a priority to the things of God. The enemy will look for every opportunity he can. And I don't know what yours are. I don't know what you're dealing with. But you know, you're probably sitting there thinking of some things. Well, I, he, that's, he's probably talking about this. I don't know, but God does. He knows what he... Look for those opportunities that will cause you to keep you even out of that prayer closet. You, you, you trying to set time away for the things of God and you're making an effort and there will be things in relationships and people that will try to keep you out of that and you've got to make a priority in your life and say, no, 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 no. This is the priority of my life. I can't take another step until I do what God wants me to do. Why? Because I want, you know one reason? Other people's watching you. Do you know that? Other people is watching your life. There's people watching your life that does not even know who I am or I exist. There's people in your life, and it could be your own kids, your own family, your own brothers and sisters, your own uh, best friends, whoever it is, they're watching your life. And they'll be a source to try to tempt you, but they're wanting to see what you believe. Amen. They want to know do you believe what you say you believe. Will you make it a priority? And when you make it a priority, it may seem like you're aggravating them, but there is a check mark. Boy, they believe what they say. Daniel was a man who was known for his prayer and they tried to get him with his prayer but they knew he would pray. Amen. They knew he would pray and that was the only thing. The only thing they could find wasn't that he's a gossip. They couldn't find out that he cheated anybody. They couldn't believe he didn't clock in a minute late for work. He's 50, I'm just paraphrasing. He probably showed up 15 minutes to a half hour early and he stayed over. He didn't, they couldn't find the smallest little smidgen of his character. Said so the only thing that they could find with him, they knew, is the way he served his God, the praying that he did before his God. And so they tried to trap him with it. And when he did, all he had to do was close the windows. He's going to get thrown into a lion's den. If you pray to any other God, then pray before this big idol for the next 30 days. And the first day, what does he do? He goes right back and he opens that window toward Jerusalem. And he gets in his knees like he did every day before. And he calls out on God. What? You know what? They knew he would because why? They've been watching him. They knew he believed what he believed. And God delivered him because of it. God did a miracle in his life. People's watching your life. People are watching you. And so you get the best that God has for you. It will impact those around you. They will see. So we've looked at the invitation. We've looked at intentions. We've looked at, at the, uh, 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 the excuses, the, the interruptions. 
We're going to look at those that came, the importance. Who received the blessing? Who got what the master had, the Lord had prepared for all these others? I, I could see, and really quickly, I'd miss this. I believe that you, if you go to a formal dinners, people's names is already on cards sitting at the table. You ever been there? Have you ever been to a dinner and your name is written on the table? Oh, that's where I'm supposed to sit. I'm important. My name's at a table. Oh, it's right close to the podium. It's oh, that's awesome. Look how important. I and so names were written. And we see that the word came forth. By the way, when the word came forth, what was the word? In verse 17, and it says, when they were bidden, the word, come. Come. I made it big there so you can see it. The word is come. It's available. It's ready. Everything is ready for you. And the invitation was to come. And they started making excuses. And so it says in verse 21, so that servant came and shewed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house does it say that he was, well, okay, well, I invite him again. Down. No, it says he was angry, being angry. Do you know that I have your name on the table? Do you know I created a great feast? Do you know that I was looking forward to seeing you, to spending time with you? I wanted to lift you up, I and you reject me. You reject me. And it says that he was angry and said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city. And bring in hither the poor, and the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. So the invitation goes out to those that in this example that the Lord is giving have been rejected. Those that no one would have ever thought to bring. And he's saying that those that have sent an invitation rejected it. It wasn't good enough for them. They found other excuses. I'm going to go to those who would have never been invited before. Those that others would push away. Because they will come. Because they have a hunger. They will accept. They will understand the importance. When, when dad was... was uh, very uh, successful in bus ministry years ago when it was, uh, uh, I don't know how many buses, eight at least or more at First Pentecostal. They was up to 250 people would come in on the buses. You didn't find a lot of people go to the rich subdivisions where the million dollar houses no one wanted to get. It was the people who were needy. Yeah. It was people who were, they didn't have as many other priorities to make excuses right. with. It's people whose parents didn't even wake up because they had been drinking the night before. And these little kids were scared and probably hid in the room the night before. I remember in my Sunday school class, some of these kids and my wife would come get me for hers. And she had these young girls and one little girl was just shaking. It was just pitiful. Some of the things we would find out that would happen and these are the people that were needy. These are the people that come. These are the ones because they need it so bad. Yeah. They see their needs so much that they're the ones. So who come? Who is the one that made it important? Who filled the house? Those that were humble people. Those that wasn't high and mighty. Those that didn't think they were too good. Those that were surprised that their name was even called. You mean he wants me? 
You mean the, the Lord with the huge house? The, the, the house that I've never got to even get close to? You're saying He wants me to come to His house? Yes, He's invited you. Your name's on the table. And so they come. So the humble came. Who else came? Those who I said a minute ago, they're needy. Those that are broken. Those that are been rejected. Those who felt like they were totally unworthy. That's who he reaches out. Those that were making his, this invitation became so important. On the way, I can see them as they're coming down the street. And they see one of their friends. Guess what? Guess what? I've been invited to the big house. Why don't you come on too? Why don't you come on too? There is a room for them? Yes, come on. And people come who appreciated and understood and they had a hunger and they wanted to be there and they were privileged to be there and they wanted to be there. That's who came because they made it important. The ones that get all that God has for them in Scripture is the ones who made it the most important thing. The woman with the issue of blood, it was the only thing. The man who had the son that was possessed and was being thrown, it was the only thing he could do is to come to the Lord. It was the last resort of these people. Uh, 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 Bartimaeus, it's the, uh, this is my only opportunity. Lord, I know I'm, please, here I am. See, these people that made it important every time God came through for them. Will he not do the same thing in his church? The people who says, God, the most important thing in my life is you. I need more of you. I need the anointing of your power. I need you to humble my heart. I want you to have your way. I want you. Those people who come was those who had been rejected by everybody else. I should have been rejected. I should have. Because I had been the one who before had had an opportunity and then I rejected the things of the master. I was too busy. I made excuse of why. Thank God he reached out one more time. The mercy was extended. These people's hearts could have changed. They could have sent the word. I, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I want to come. They had an opportunity. But the last thing I want you to look at is the Lord's instruction. The Lord's instruction in verse 24. Because there comes a time opportunity closes. Yes, it will. There's times in your life there's been opportunity. And in that opportunity there will come a point that it closes. Yes. Verse 24 says, For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my suffering. What is he saying? What is his instruction? The door is closed. I, I was sitting there praying this afternoon, and I was thinking, Lord, how many times, how many times did you have so much more, and I walk away? I was so consumed with other things and you wanted to do more. There comes a time in our lives. The Lord will deal not only with salvation. But the Lord sometimes. Hopefully you've been here. You've been in a place where the Lord's drawing you to a closer relationship. And he draws. 
and you hear a certain message and he draws. And you hear somebody on the radio and he draws. You're reading in your Bible. He draws. You wake up in the middle of the night and he's drawing. He keeps moving. He keeps stirring. He keeps trying to woo you into his presence. The invitation keeps coming. And we keep saying, no, not yet. Not yet. No, I got, I will just keep. But there comes a moment in lives, opportunity closes. And it's not only in salvation, but even opportunities to have all that God wants in our Christian life. We can walk away from the best that God has. We can walk away and we can get cool and callous. And God, I think, it, it, I don't even want to know. I, I don't even want to know for God to say to me, here's what I wanted to do. I'll tell you this last story. I, I know this. I've told you this before, uh, before we close. I was, sometimes we, we are satisfied with so little. We want, because it's what we want now, it's so little compared to what he wants to do. I, I was telling this as one of my examples of God. I wanted to prove to my buddy that God answers, God's real. And the reason I know he's real, not only for what he's done in my life, because that's the most unreal thing, but from a small child all the way through my life, over and over and over and over again, and it's the same way in some of your lives and hopefully all of your lives, that you can point at times and say, God answered that prayer without a shadow of a doubt. God answered. God answered. It was so divine the way he did it. I'll never doubt that God hears prayer. He's done that to me so many times. But I remember as one of, one of my examples was the house that we lived in. I had, I was young, and we hadn't been married too many years, and we didn't have 50 cents, I don't think, and we was renting a house. We was renting a house that was about 800 and some square feet. I worked at Hostess Cakes and uh, for eight years. Hated every minute of it. Sorry, but I did. Uh, but I did it because I wanted to pay, you know, take care of my family and stuff. And I had one child. Jordan was little. And uh, my basketball coach had a house on the same dead-end street, Little Drive in London, as where I worked. I mean, almost across the street from the job. And we were renting that house, and he wanted to sell it, and he's pushing me to buy it. And it was really, and it was great. It was dead end, and Jordan could play and ride his bicycle, and I was across the street from work, didn't even have to drive. And uh, so it was perfect. And he agreed to sell it for a certain dollar amount. Well, like I said, I didn't have 50 cents. I didn't have any credit at that time. So mom and dad being... Good mom and dads. They said, well, you know what we'll do? We'll buy that. And he, he's friends. They were good buds with the owners. The, and we went to church together at one time. I probably shouldn't give this up. But either way, so there was a deal struck. They were going to buy it. And it come down to the time they were going to buy it. And at the last minute, there was a discussion. And in that discussion, they changed their mind. The last second. I mean, me and Marie was already counting. Lord, you're so good. We was dancing. Yeah, we're going to be house owners and no more rent. And then we're again, it's going to be perfect. Everything's great. And the door closed. And I was like, God, what are you doing? <laughs> God, do you see what I'm doing? You're doing here. Now my heart's broken. I'm crying. I did. I cried. Cried. My wife's crying. It was horrible. It was a horrible situation. God let us down is what I thought. I had to fast forward like six or seven years. My whole world changed. I have a different job. I'm not working there anymore. I'm at the ambulance service now. 
Don't worry about them on Little Drive. That's not a dead-end street now. That thing's got a bunch of apartments on it that had a lot more traffic. I don't work at that job across the street. I got two kids. That one or two-bedroom house is no longer big enough. 800-some feet ain't big enough for four of us now. I didn't even think about that house anymore. So we're going through this process. I could spend the next 30 minutes telling you all the miracles God worked out to help us get this house. Mom and Dad was part of that too. But <laughs> so, uh, so we, it was, it was, but God worked out one miracle after another. The last straw was I was still having trouble. I had this one last thing. I got a call on, at work. I remember standing in the back hall of the ambulance service, and I took the call and found out it was the, the mortgage, the loan officer that said, let me tell you something. He said, the bank just figured out, the big bank figured out they made a mistake and they can't charge you a certain amount of this money because they forgot to do it the right way, so you get to keep that. You don't even have to pay it. And, then, and they said, and furthermore, you're getting a better interest rate than they even thought she's going to get. And then he said, the house is yours. Well, whew, I felt good about that. But at the very moment he said that, the Lord so helped me, took my mind, and he rewinded my life six years. And he took me to that moment where I was standing crying about, you've let me down. And the Lord said, I shut that door. Because what you wanted, what you was going to settle for, wasn't near what I knew you really needed. And I shut a door so that I could open this door this is what I was looking at. This is what I was doing. I was at work six years ago. Well, I sat back on that hall. and <laughs> like a big old baby, son. I'm sitting back there. I'm the boss back there. <laughs> and I got tears running down my face. I didn't want anybody to see it. I'm crying. But I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, I just want to shout. Yeah. I was like, God, you're a good God. Lord, you're a great God. Because what he showed me was, I was willing to settle for so little. And that's not what I needed. He knew I needed so much. He wanted to give me more than I even imagined. And that's where we are. So many times, we're satisfied with so little. And God says, if you've seen the table I set for you, and you see that you walked away from what you walked away, and all you got was a snack, and I had a full course, seven-course meal to bless you. I wanted to pour my spirit out. I wanted to fill you overflowing. I wanted to transform your life. I wanted to use you to do things you can't even imagine. I wanted your family to see how God, I'm blessing you. I wanted to do things. But you said, I'm okay. Tonight, we need to realize that there is opportunity after opportunity. And in our church, I pray that we get an attitude that says, no, God. I will not satisfy for the little stuff. I want all you got in my life. Lord, I say yes. I say yes. No excuse will get between me and you. I want all you have for me. Because that's what he's looking for. That's what he's hungering for. That's what he desires in our life. And we need to heed that call. Let us not be like this story here, but let us be the one that says, I'm first, Lord. I I'm Mary, Lord. I'm at your feet. <laughs> I'm in the front of the line, Lord. I'm going to be selfish right. in spirit. I want you, Lord, whatever you got. You, you talk for two days. I don't care. I ain't moving from this spot because I want everything you've got. That's what he wants. Do you want that tonight? Amen. Do we want it? Listen, if you don't, you, I mean, we're all going to say, but if in your heart, if God is challenging your heart, you can change that. God can do a work in your heart tonight that starts 
tonight. God can do that because I want the Lord to have his way in this church. I, I don't want to just make it. Oh, you listen, listen. I, I promise I'm, I'm in here. I don't want us. I could come in, and, and, and that's not what I want. I could come in and just tell you some stuff. I could come in and read you some stuff and give you some three points and a poem, and we can go to the house. But what I want and I long for, and this is what I've been telling God, I want you to do what you wanted. I want you to melt us. I want you to give a fervent move of your spirit so that tears are flowing in this place. So that this box or two we find around here, we got to have more on every pew because people are broken in the presence of God. That's what he wants us to break in his presence. My best times ever is when I'm broken in the presence of God. And you can't, you will not get, you will not get in the depths of God's presence that he won't break you. You will not be able to stand in the depths of God's love and presence that you cannot. I don't care how tough you are. One of the biggest men I knew uh, uh, was Mike Broughton. And when he got in, the, he was a monster big old guy. And when he got in the presence of God, tears flew like a baby. Why? God melts us. Sometimes we're so worried at what people's going to think. We miss out on what God wants to do. Let's say, God, I'll, I'll do any, I'll roll on the floor. I'll cry like a baby. I'll run around the road. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just touch me, Lord. Just touch me, Lord. Have your way in my life. Let's stand tonight. Let's stand tonight. And, and what I would like to do tonight is, is, is we end this service. Is, is I, I just want you right where you are. I want you to make a, a, an altar right where you are. I was actually tonight, even in prayer tonight, I was thinking about it. And really, I, I, I want you all to pray about this. I really think that we need to have, because uh, I, I want to say this before I, something happens and I don't, you know, excuses. Uh, I, I felt like because, I mean, the Lord was moving pretty good in the back room tonight. <laughs> he was. He's, boy, I tell you, he was helping me a lot back there tonight. But I, honestly, I, I want... God to have his way. And, and we can come in. I really would want, I want us to find, I want to start, and, and maybe I'll start this in the next, uh, by Sunday. But I would like to encourage you. And, I, and I'm not trying to cut out on your little pre-service stuff. And there needs to be some prep coming in. If you've got a responsibility, come get your stuff ready on the panel. Whatever. I want to start having maybe some music playing so nobody has to play it. I want us to find, uh, get a hunger. That we come in before church. Spend, come in for, I want you to come in early. I want you to come here a little early for church on services. And I, I want to encourage you to come find your pew. And I want us to just get down and start praying and say, God, today, move today. God, break hearts today. God, save the lost today. God, get a hold of that preacher today. God, fill the altar today. God, move in me today. Lord, have you. And we find a place to pray to where we start seeking God. Because let me tell you something. If you let me, I'm promising you. I, 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 my, my son had something here a while back, and I told him, I want you to put it one year from today. I want you to put it in your calendar because I'm going to put it in mine, and I'm going to show you God's going to be faithful. Well, God, we, I've already told him the other day. <laughs> I said, Go ahead and look because it's not been a year yet, and, and we can answer the question already. God's faithful. God's good. God's good. He's faithful. And so, let me, I'm telling you here right now, I, I put it in your calendar. You should, we start doing that. If you'll come in, and the, I only want the ones that's serious. I only want the ones that really want something from God. Everybody else can come do what they want. But if you're hungry for the things of God, if you'll come and spend time praying before church, and you will get on your knees, and you'll just be sitting there at your pew and say, God, touch me. Lord, if nobody else is hungry, touch me. Let me tell you something. You will never experience a service like you would if when that happens. When people are hungry for God, God says, you take a step toward me, I'll take ten towards you. 
but we have to take that step. We, don't, we need to do things different than we've done before. We, we need to set back. Sometimes we need to push that plate back and say, Lord, here I want, you're more important than anything else. We need to get into this so we can say, God, you've got to move. You've got to move. You've got to move. He'll do it, but it'll cost you something. Will you, will you all pray about that? Can we be praying about that even tonight? Let's pray about that in tomorrow. Lord, do it. I want to, let's pray tonight. And I want you to give yourself. If you're serious tonight, raise your hands tonight and say, here we are, Lord. Here I am in your presence and have your way. Give yourself to Him right now. Say, Lord, that's me. Lord, I see, Lord, that you are moving. God, you've, you've told me, Lord. You showed me, God. You stirred me, God. You let me know, God, you want to move. God, you let me know, God, you want to stir. God, you want to turn some things around. You want to break down some things. You want lives that, God, maybe that we're standing on the edge of what you want to do. You want us to dive in with both feet. God, you want to do some things. God, but it's going to cost us a little bit. And God, we need a hunger like never before. God, I pray that you stir us like never before. I pray that you encourage us like never before. I pray that God, as people get closer to you, as we put you first, as God, we come in here with a hunger in our hearts, God, that you would start this very night, that there'd be a stirring. God, that there wouldn't be, it wouldn't be hard to do it because God, you would be stirring hearts and lives so that we come in with anticipation. We come in with expectancy. We come in... Lord, hungry for what you want to do and what you're going to do in our service. And God, you will move in a church. You'll move in this church. You'll move in these lives, God. We don't need to wait for somebody else or for someone to bring it. We have a God that wants to move in this hour. We have our family needs it, God. And Lord, you want to use us, God. You want to use these people, God. If Lord, we'll get hungry for you. Lord, I pray everyone that makes a move towards you, that you stir them so much, you do such a work, that their lives will never, ever be the same. Transform their lives, God. Encourage them. Lord, fill this place with your glory. And God, fill this place with your glory. To Lord, we feel like we just, our Lord, we're just overwhelmed with your presence. God, you want to do that. God, we don't have to have a distant relationship. We don't have to have a relationship here in what you used to do. But God, we can have a relationship that you move today. Move, Holy Spirit. Break down strongholds. God, take down our doubt. God, take away every doubt that you won't move. And God, that we will never accept anything best, better than the best that you have for us. Oh, God, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Let us not get away from that. God, bless us, Lord, as we get closer to you and hunger for you. God, that you would be... Lord, the whole thing is that you would be lifted up. That you would be exalted. That your name would be lifted up, Lord. And that souls would be drawn to you. God, when we do what we need to do, then you will do all the work we've been expecting you to do. When we get to the place you want us to be, our lives will become a beacon, Lord, to those that are lost. They will know the priority in our life is you. They will see that, God, what you're doing in lives and, in Lord, in this church. And, God, not that this church receives anything, oh, Lord, but that it would be a testimony of your goodness and faith. Let there be a hunger like never, ever before. God, let it happen today. Start in this group tonight. Lord, I pray, honor those who honor you, honor those who honor you. We thank you, Lord, because I believe it. Lord, as we dismiss tonight, I believe it. Lord, I believe it. I believe it, God. I trust you. You've never failed yet. You've never let a soul down that's been hungry for you. Lord, you've always showed yourself faithful. Now do it again, Lord. Blow, Holy Spirit. 
Have your way, God. Do it, Almighty God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.